Welcome to Podrick the Podcast, the incremental podcast that adds more value. So this is a, uh, like a completely unscripted podcast interview uh, between the company's co-founders uh, of Incremental, Maor Sadra and Moti Tal. Hey, Moti. Hello, hello. Um, yeah, when's the last time we saw one another? It was um, before the pandemic, I think <laughs> um, February 2020. Yeah, Moti, let's say uh, introduce ourselves maybe first and then also talk about how we how we even met. Sure. So yeah, Moti Tal, um, more than 20 years of uh, the Attic industry, uh, actually touching many uh, uh, areas uh, from e-commerce, networking, infrastructure, mobile, and so on. And I think uh, 10 years ago, um, I joined as uh, the first executive to um, Interactive as a CTO, um, and that was my door to the advertising marketing technology. Um, and a few months after I joined, I more joined. And that was our first ever love story. Love story. I don't think we, <laughs> we felt like a love story when we met, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yes, it's, uh, I, th- I think that um, since then I got in love in this ecosystem. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I really thought you were about yeah, to compliment no, not, me. Not, not about you, but at least for a tech guy that uh, um, is business-oriented, um, those two words actually exist in this ecosystem in advertising because the technology is about scale and handle a lot of data and traffic. And on the other end, it's about how to make it work from a business-wise. Um, so, yeah, that's... Yeah, so since then, we, we, I think that it was 10 years ago, and um, we were together in Interactive uh, for about three and a half years or something like that. And then by coincidence, both of us moved to Berlin. It's actually, it was a coincidence. It's actually, I think we moved in one or two months difference to Berlin. Uh, I asked... Um, um, Founded a, a startup in Berlin called Simplex, um, and more moved to Uplift. Uplift. Yeah, uh, yeah. So before we get to like how we started the company and so on, so um, I'm Or, like uh, close to 20 years in edtech. Uh, so my entire career was in uh, advertising technology. 10 years out of this was in the desktop uh, space, and then a good friend of mine called Paul Bowen uh, convinced me to to make the switch to mobile when I thought, what the hell are you talking about? Next year is the year of mobile. And then I joined Interactive. Um, yeah, and at uh, Interactive, I met this uh, weird dude that was their CTO um, that, I, you know, I, I, so I'm, I'm, I consider myself a technical-oriented person, but I'm definitely not a developer, unless you consider PHP, which no one does. Um, but I remember talking with Moti and uh, like in my first few weeks, um, we had this incredible opportunity to run a Platica campaign. And I remember Moti explaining to me that like he was new at uh, Interactive as well, saying, you know, there's like barely no technology here at the moment. Like there's a lot of plans, but there is no technology. And I remember signing this big deal with Platica, wanting to uh, run it and then realizing that uh, crap, uh, like we can't. Um, and then uh, I was like stressing about it and Moti called me and said like, you know, what do you need? 
and I, I was trying to explain to him like what do I uh, what do I need in terms of like I need this URL and so on redirect and he was like no 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 tell me t- tell me what you want tell me what you want everything is possible and literally overnight um, they like him leading the team developed a solution that allowed us to actually run that like make a campaign that was a milestone I think for uh, for interactive back then because it was pretty big um, almost half the monthly revenue the company used to generate over a period of 24 hours so yeah I think since then I understood that I have an actual technological partner that like doesn't need me to tell him what I need just needs me to tell him what I want and then we could really work together and yeah over those three and a half years we clashed a lot but we also like did incredible things like uh, you know we develop a f- fully fledged supply side platform doing parallel auction bidding and stuff and again I, it's like I can I can definitely pitch stuff but I have no idea how we did what we did but it was really cool to see that things are happening so yeah Moti and I always kind of talked about you know maybe we do something one day maybe we do something together uh, but uh, indeed then Berlin happened Moti had an opportunity and I in parallel also had an opportunity so yeah decided to move to Berlin where we remained as friends but um, didn't work together for a few years I joined Applift it's a mobile performance marketing company where I was promoted very quickly to chief revenue officer and built up the Um, a lot of offices uh, across the world and eventually also became the CEO of the company um, and my role was basically to sell it so at interactive what I remember like the most was the interactions I had with Moti we used to fight a lot like a lot um, now we never fight uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but I remember this thing that you said to me and And it's amazing sometimes I hear it from the developers who work for you now um, it's uh, more or everything is possible just tell us what you want where did this come from what I learned uh, um, along the years that you know technology can be great uh, amazing technology uh, innovative technology but if it's not connected to uh, the business needs um, it's not it's worth nothing and Um, and um, what uh, I found in Maor is uh, someone that uh, uh, think that you know about technology <laughs> <laughs> but he really wants to make it work and he understand the, 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 uh, the, um, what a technology can actually uh, help him to, to sell products to create products uh, come with uh, ideas and innovation and I think that that um, It's more is more uh, tech oriented and I'm more business oriented you know and you know uh, while, while I'm a the technology guy and more is the business guy um, I think that's what at the end it's about connecting the right technology it shouldn't be the most crazy technology it shouldn't use the latest technologies it's supposed to be innovative and it's supposed to connect to a business need and there's no one in the ethic market um, uh, as far as I know uh, like more that know it all know what is the needs what the, what the customers needs um, and I think that that's uh, uh, what's connected between us so I understand that he actually can deliver and I'm not just building something 
and put it on the shelf. Uh, sometimes it's happened, yeah, but uh, uh, but overall, I think that more know what he needs and what he can actually sell, and that's actually how we work together because I will deliver hopefully. With no bugs, and yeah, we will have bugs. <laughs> no bugs. Yeah, 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 we will have a lot of bugs, and maybe uh, the customer meant a little bit after something uh, different, but we uh, know how to work together um, uh, and to build uh, and innovate the right product to the customer. Yeah, and I think, you know, we, we should probably also give credit to the founders of uh, Interactive. They did teach us a lot. It was, Interactive was probably like a boot camp, Uh, while we worked there, right? Because um, I brought it to the bootcamp. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> like when we started there, the company was really, really small. Like uh, I think less than 20 people. But it was uh, it was really an experience because uh, Ziv and Offer, the uh, co-founders, I think what what I like most inspired by them was the fact that they were able to be co-founders with one another for over 10 years. Now it's over 10 years. They've been actually like 14 years. And have not killed one another <laughs> and what I found the most interesting uh, back then was that they are always aligned always united which is something that we aspire for as well I think that we took the the, the, the ingredient that actually worked for them we live in two different countries <laughs> <laughs> yes I think that's like uh, I think in business partnership unlike a, you know a romantic relationship long distance works very well though again we see that we have to communicate we have to talk a lot when we don't and talk, actually that's we learned from them I, I remember you know during a, a management meeting they are uh, you know uh, what <laughs> uh, using the texting each other in whatsapp and you know And then suddenly the other one has become quiet and the other one is talking. And uh, I think that uh, that's something that, uh, yeah, we took a lot of things from, from there. Yeah. I think that they learned with us during the way because it was their first company. So it was uh, uh, great to see that. And I think it's easier to appreciate it after, yeah, after you leave as well. Yeah, and I think, you know, if I look at the like first uh, six years of me, for me in Berlin, in Uplift, um, I really tried to pull you to join Uplift many times because like Uplift was a great company um, it was really awesome in terms of like revenues and client uh, clientels and again we launched a lot of offices around the world and I had the pleasure of visiting so many places as a result meeting so many customers but what I uh, what I missed in Uplift was a moti was you um, and I really remember trying to like pull you to join us all the time but for you it was like not interesting enough because like an ad network with all the respect doesn't have the same amount of technology needs and scale and you were focused on uh, building simplex but uh, I hope you missed me as well yeah yeah I, I did miss you and always said you know I need someone like you uh, next to me uh, I think as you mentioned the other way around um, and Simplex uh, for me was, uh, you know, uh, a dream come true, you know, founding a company, trying, you know, uh, uh, find a way, first of all, in a, so if in Interactive we worked on the supply side, uh, supply side um, actually started in the demand side, but we moved to the supply side. Um, then I wanted to find a little bit more about the advertising side, and we developed a bidder over there, uh, which was acquired later on. Um, and then came back to the supply side and developed an innovative technology for the supply side. 
Um, and it was not easy for me even to live simplex, you know, uh, because uh, it, I felt it's my baby uh, in a way. Me and my co-founder, Jeff, um, and uh, I think that uh, Corona changed the plans. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that uh, you need this trigger in your life sometimes to, to rethink, okay, where you are, what you want to do. Um, and uh, during the summer of 2020, uh, me and more reunited about this about many discussion that we had before about the broken ecosystem of uh, attribution or um, uh, you know it was trendy uh, for the last year or so but uh, we talked about it for the last three years um, we never thought you know that something new should be introduced over there um, uh, we thought that the attribution should be evolved and it did and I think that uh, trigger of Apple and few other triggers that we had in the last few years, uh, we understood that the way that it's done today, it's great, it's uh, needed, um, uh, but some other component need to be added to this puzzle. By the way, it's like, it, so you mentioned that Simplex was kind of like, you know, a dream come true and baby, like starting your own company. Yeah. For me too, um, like this was always like the thing I wanted the most to to be an entrepreneur from zero. I've joined companies when they were very small and helped them grow large, but I never really took the full-on risk of starting uh, from scratch. And I remember I was terrified. I was really terrified. I think we, we talked about it. We had, we had a good idea or an idea that we thought could work, but I was still terrified. And I remember you not pressuring me. That was really cool because I think this is where the... Like the friendship uh, comes as well. Um, we agreed we're going to do this um, one day at a time in the start. Like, you know, we have a good plan. We have a good vision. But, like, we don't know if it's going to succeed. So we're going to basically softly start into this, start developing, you know, a presentation, start developing a concept. And then, you know, I remember when the, like when we were like 100 days into incremental, looking back, thinking, oh my God, like we were actually doing this. Um, and going back into like why we even started this company. So, you know, like I've been, when I was at Uplift, obviously I interfaced a lot with the attribution companies. Like we know, uh, I think we know uh, Oren, we know Reshef, I know Charles pretty well, we know Christian, we know Paul, uh, we know Gadi. Like we know the attribution um, CEOs and founders pretty well, uh, even on the personal side. Um, But there was something about attribution that was good, but there was something missing. Um, I think where I saw it the most was the whole topic of attribution fraud. I remember speaking with Machine Zone when I was at Uplift and Machine Zone reached out to us telling us, hey, um, there is a lot of conversions that basically we're not going to pay you for. Um, They were talking about the fact that, I don't know, the time between the click and the install was too short, for example. And it doesn't make sense. And they consider this as fraudulent conversions. And I remember being on the call with uh, Deepak, who was their chief revenue officer, and we're also pretty good friends. And I remember telling him, like, what do you want from us? Like, literally just, you know, configure stuff on your Kochava account. I don't want to get conversions that uh, we should not get credit for. Um, 
And I remember that was the first like attribution fraud um, incident. Since then, there were so many. Um, and it was amazing to see how attribution companies try to fight with it, uh, like with the whole topic of attribution fraud. Most of them just started charging customers for an anti-fraud solution that was basically kind of like fighting their own product's vulnerabilities. Now, again, attribution in general is, it, is a good product uh, because it works in real time. And the problem with it was that you can attribute stuff, it doesn't mean it's valuable. It doesn't mean it added anything. And remembering like, you know, a mega lawsuits like the Uber lawsuit, this was a like pretty important uh, consideration for us when we started the company. Because what we learned about the Uber lawsuit was that Uber basically accidentally found that 80% of their spend was like redundant, was just cannibalizing their own organic sales. And that meant that attribution was not giving the full answer. So uh, yeah, we decided to develop a multi-touch attribution, remember? Yeah, that was the idea, uh, to, uh, to start with multi-touch attribution. I think that after uh, uh, a call with a couple of uh, advertisers, we understood, oh, maybe that's not the, the right solution. And um, during those calls, I think that uh, we got more into incrementality. So incrementality can be maybe what will be the savior uh, for the advertisers uh, to be able to understand if what they are doing is incremental. As, as you may know, um, advertisers using a lot of channels to advertise and multiple countries and um, uh, there are a lot of marketeers in each one of the companies that each one of them doing something else um, and to be able to measure the incrementality without just stopping all the activities uh, which is a one-time thing um, there was no solution and I think that then uh, we, we started to think okay how can we solve something like that um, we're talking about it but everything was really in a short time period of time what we are talking here Another milestone for me, by the way, in like the, con the conceiving our company was, um, so A, in 2019, May of 2019, I read an article on WebKit. WebKit is the Apple, basically, developer community. And if you know Apple, Apple doesn't allow their people to write anything publicly unless it is the company's strategy. And there, there was an article basically talking about IDFA and talking about mobile app tracking and how, like, it's non private and there they were actually talking about what should be attribution like and tracking like and again this was published in May of 2019 and I remember even pointing this out to some of the CEOs of the attribution companies and telling them hey guys what are you planning to do about this and either they had no idea what the hell I'm talking about or they were like no Apple will not do this Apple will do this you know, we, when we started working on incremental, I remember, and again, I remember us sitting and talking about the concept, and I couldn't comprehend the how. Like, I was like, Moti, how, how, how? And again, you told me this sentence, which for me is like, you know, your signature. Maor, don't tell me what you need, tell me what you want. Because I remember 
like stressing in my head, how do we know if this user did this and this user did this without multi-touch and what happens when the device identifier gets deprecated? Because I think for us, it was pretty clear that this will happen. Like device IDs, fingerprinting, all this like user level attribution crap will go away. And yeah, I remember stressing out about it. And for some reason, you could like ignore my stress and just like focus on ideas and solutions. So let's talk about like, you know, our methodology. How did you even like think about it? How did you even discover like, you know, causal inference? During the, um, uh, the summer of 2020, uh, we had few more talks with uh, uh, Berlin-based uh, uh, advertiser, big advertisers and Israelis one. Um, and that's what was great in the Corona time because we could have five to six customer calls together with investors calls at the <laughs> same time at the same day uh, I don't know I'm not going to tell what I were during that time but I was at home yeah just sitting next to the computer and having those discussions then we we talked to a with a UK based advertiser and realized that well actually we knew it before but it just emphasized the problem that once a year they closing all the marketing activities and then they suffer because all the competition starting to advertise and taking them a lot but it's helping them to measure the incrementality and once a year they cut a lot of their budget and we, we thought to ourselves, this is not a really a solution because how can you stop your activity? How can you, you know, it's, it's, and it's only one time thing. What's happened two months after? Um, and then we understood, you know, marketeer doesn't need to close his uh, uh, budgets completely. And um, anyway, he's doing a lot of activity during every day, yeah? is uh, increasing budget and is uh, uh, changing bids and is open a new campaign. And we realized that based on the regular activity of the advertiser, we can measure the incrementality. We can see what it works, what it doesn't work. So maybe not in a single measurement, but if we do it ongoingly and measure all those micro activities, uh, we will be able to find what works and what doesn't. You know, they say sometimes like uh, luck really plays a part in a company's success. And I think we were so far fairly lucky um, for two like macro trends. Starting with Corona, weirdly enough, Corona, you know, as unfortunate as the pandemic is, um, worked pretty well for us. The fact that, yes, maybe we haven't seen one another in a year and a half, but the fact that we were able to do like Zoom meetings with customers and investors uh, from around the world and have six, seven, eight meetings a day was uh, pretty useful for us. The second point was <laughs> Apple's announcement. So when we started conceiving the idea, we thought, okay, the customers who will appreciate our solution will be those who already get it, who already get that attribution is good, but it doesn't actually answer the problem of measurement. Um, attribution is basically counting traffic, but no one is really counting value. Now, we thought, okay, just like maybe a handful or just a really advanced customers will kind of like get what we're doing and over time more and more customers will. But then Apple made their announcements, we're deprecating IDFA, and that completely changed the game. From that point on, suddenly more and more both customers were reaching out to us and 
any investor conversations we we were having because we were talking with mostly angel investors people who kind of like get our industry or are part of our industries like CEOs of uh, companies within the field and suddenly we were able to actually <laughs> like raise a, a seed round we we passed our target because we had so much demand for investors that at some point we had to say well no we, we just you know like, don't want to raise more. Maybe, maybe it's uh, what to mention again that you know we sto- we spoke with angels but we started with VCs yeah and VCs for we didn't do it for a long time a short time uh, but we spoke on e- every day with few by the way I think I think it's worth to also mention the people who were kind of like with us from from even before day one so you know we have a couple of advisors and I, I do want to mention like Adam Jaffe and Eric Sufert um, and you know Adam and I actually go like 15 years back uh, we used to work together we just remained as friends and colleagues and so on and yeah we, we decided that we want Adam as an advisor to us and you know Adam is a fairly direct person and Talking with Adam and Adam pointing putting it very bluntly saying or do you believe what you guys are doing and I was like yes do you think the product the solution the vision makes sense yes so he said okay so anyone joining your story as an investor as a client as an advisor does it because you allow them to and I remember that the The way he put it made so much sense that it just kind of like re- rejuvenated my own belief, my own uh, strength, and allowed me at least to like move forward even though there were some really, really <laughs> not tough times, but stressful times where you don't know if people believe your story or don't. Yeah, I think that um, uh, it was a bold decision for both of us to quit during p- pandemic and start this business. And, you know, uh, you want to do it fast to be able to, to kickstart. And uh, actually, during the time, we have already uh, our first employee joining us, a guy which was, uh, uh, we work with at Interactive. Um, All of us were with no salaries. <laughs> um, and follow him, uh, Sivane joined, uh, worked with us at Interactive as well. And um, I think that that gave us, you know, some uh, power as well, yeah? That uh, people that know us and want to work with us and, uh, and uh, make this uh, um, crazy idea come true. And I think that... Two weeks after that we said okay we're changing everything completely and starting to um, um, uh, starting to talk with angels and suddenly from a target of a few hundred thousand dollars uh, we were above one million I think that uh, everything changed completely and within few weeks we closed the round and um, started to work on the product full time. Yeah, and it's actually amazing to see like the people who either believe in us as just Mao and Moti or people who believe in the vision um, who like really get it uh, and you know we really try to also like respect and satisfy what people expect of us um, I think you know we have a pretty big vision um, 
evolving digital marketing from the measurement of traffic to the measurement of value. And I think people understand that this vision is fairly big and it requires a lot of execution. Um, and it's really cool to see how sometimes people that I wouldn't expect just reach out and say, hey, I like... I want to join the story as an investor, as an advisor. I want to be a beta customer. I want to be a design customer, uh, an alpha customer. It is really, really incredible to see. So I think, uh, you know, it's sometimes like words escape me um, to be able to show the gratitude I have for all of those who have like supported us or even just had like conversations with us. Like we had, I remember that we had calls with the founders of Outbrain, we had calls with the founders of Datorama. And people were really just happy to talk to us and share their own experience, you know, what to avoid, what to do, what to not do. And of course, I remember what the, the founder of Outbrain once told me, once we showed him kind of like what we're building and so on, and we were like, he's giving us a lot of advice. Um, at the end of the call, he said, you know, let me also give you like, uh, a really, really important advice. So, you know, if someone that is already successful giving you advice, it's like then telling you, here's the lottery numbers that worked for me. Use those. I really appreciated this because in a way he was saying, get as much advice as you can, but you need to make your own decisions. You need to do what you guys believe in, what you think is true, what you think is correct. Getting advice is priceless, but sometimes it can also come at a very, very heavy price. One of the ideas that uh, you came up with, Moti, was that uh, instead of us developing an idea, was let's sign design customers. So a design customer, what the hell is that? Like, uh, it was the first experience for me. Yes, uh, the, the idea was that we had uh, barely, you know, a presentation, <laughs> uh, again, big, uh, everything moved so fast, but yes, uh, back in uh, the summer of 2020s, uh, to look for uh, advertisers that understand the problem and are willing to invest a little bit of their time and provide us with their data. Um, and that will allow us um, to develop a product with people that understand the problem, one for once. For second thing, it's uh, our ability to develop a product with real data of customers. And I think that uh, the most important thing that advertisers, uh, um, we will develop a product for advertisers that they need and not something that we think that they need. So all the process you're working with design partners, first of all, getting the data, they'll understand all kind of data, what kind of data we need to work with. Uh, at the beginning, we thought, okay, we need user-level data and uh, um, just, you know, all single events. Later on, we understood we actually don't need it. Um, so all this process with the design partners help us to understand what do we need, what they need, which is the most important thing, what's going to work for them. Um, so it's not, uh, then we realize it's not only their data. We need to understand what is the effect of the market and many other things. And during those six months of the initial development, that's, that's what we did. We just asked them questions, show them what we developing, show, show them a little bit of first insights about the data that we see uh, um, based on their data. Um, and 
yeah, that's that's was the powerful thing about developing a product that the marketeers, that the advertiser wants. You know, I recently looked at so like uh, thanks to cloud services, we have like the versions of everything we've ever done. So. You know, right now our investor presentation is like version 67, but I looked at version three and what never changed for us was the vision and a few slides that explain the problem. You know, um, the problem, by the way, is very old. It's uh, this John Wanamaker, a very famous quote saying, half the budget I spend on advertising is wasted. The trouble is I don't know which half. And I remember when we pitched like the concept to one of the design co- companies or one of the design customers, this design customer, by the way, is a $10 billion company. Uh, they are now going public. Um, they, they have a spend of $200 million. Um, and they believed what we're doing to the point of signing up with us as a design customer. You know, I remember speaking with their legal team and they're asking us, okay, um, we need like the company information and we haven't yet incorporated. So we're like, oh, wait, we could, you know, we could just sign it at like, you know, our personal address. And they're like, no, we can't do this. <laughs> so like, no, a $10 billion company is not going to just sign up with a random person off the street. Um, and yeah, so it kind of like pushed us to, well, Moti, we need to incorporate. <laughs> so we incorporated and we're able to assign them as a design customer. I, I think this is also the benefit, you know, we're not the youngest, right? Um, You're still young. I'm still young. I'm 40 in a couple of days. Um, but I think that's part of the benefit of being like older entrepreneurs. We do have a network. We do have a lot of people we know in the industry and we're able to reach out to them. And, you know, if you're like a young entrepreneur, you don't necessarily get the door open to a $10 billion company who's willing to be your design partner. Um, And yeah, it's actually really amazing how these companies uh, believed in the vision, in the concept before we had anything. By the way, another ridiculous thing I remember. So when we started like pitching to investors, uh, one of the first versions of the deck had a video in it. Yeah. Like we would actually kind of like pause the conversation with the VC to show them this animated video I made by myself <laughs> with like PowerPoint slides and whatever, um, telling them, trying to explain what we know. Um, yeah, this was really difficult at the beginning. Yeah, I think that we got this advice even when we started that we shouldn't talk with uh, VCs, yeah, uh, because they don't get tech or marketing technology, even though the market changed completely in the last few months where it's exploding, yeah? But they need to see that it's working before they will invest in you. And that's that. Um, but you know, like anyone else, you need to see to yourself, even you got the, the advice. Uh, but I think that it took us pretty, we, we move, we switch pretty quick. Um, and I think that uh, you're saying we are, we are not the youngest, and we know people from the industries and other founders. And I think um, contacting all those people that we know and tell them what we do actually brought us the first angel investors. That, by the way, one of the reasons why we uh, decided to do this like um, random unscripted interview uh, in a few days from now, Incremental is one year old. Yeah, yeah. in August, starting yes. August, fifth of August. Um, 
So what do we wish ourselves for our first birthday? Wow. So one year old, um, we're just now onboarding the first uh, paying customers, customers who were not design customers. It's a, I would say, good, scary, stressful period. It's exciting. I, th I think that's the word I'm looking for, exciting. If it's good, scary, stressful, it's just exciting. Um, it's amazing to see someone's data just you know, flow through the system and them clicking measure and then like 10 seconds later, they have a result that even I can explain. And I'm saying I because there's so much data science behind what we do. There's so much machine learning. There is like so much being done for our system to be able to run an impact incrementality measurement in like 10 seconds that it's super cool. It's super cool to see. It's sometimes scary to onboard a client because you're just expecting something to go wrong. But uh, so far, again, like the fact that we've just been getting more and more feedbacks and iterating super fast, we have an amazing, amazing, amazing team is unbelievable. I I think that what we need to wish is that uh, I think that's the next few years we will have the same excitement as today. I think that the excitement is the what actually drives us. I, I like, you know, personally, stress level I to keep me, you know, uh, um, focused. I help you with that. Yeah, you help me with that. <laughs> yeah. but, but yes, I think the excitement is the most uh, uh, fun part of it, yeah? Um, um, and there are ups and downs like crazy. It's not, it's not even in a single day you can have ups and downs few times and uh, I think that um, we we know that we will keep having downs and ups in the next uh, year or so and uh, hopefully further um, but yeah we're aiming to to be successful in what we are doing and keep the same excitement to have the the, the, the team to grow our team and you know the, the initial team that uh, work with us and believe in us and believe in the idea um, uh, growing as well together with the company and yeah I hope that in the next couple of weeks I'll also be able to visit um, and see because there are people in the team I've never met because um, again I'm based in uh, Berlin still and the company is set up in Israel we have an office in Israel but again we have people you know mostly in Israel but also in Germany and also in Russia that um, like I've never seen I would really like to see people. Um, yeah, that would be nice. Uh, so this I wish to ourselves. I also wish to ourselves that we continue kind of getting the same feedbacks we've been getting. It's uh, quite amazing. I wish as well is that um, I think most of the team that we have today uh, grew uh, organically. So through our uh, people that work with us in the past or people uh, that work with us in the past and refer a family member or friend. Um, <laughs> and that's that's how we got to everyone in, in the team. And I, I think that uh, that's the best way to, to grow. And uh, that's feel like a um, uh, way that people trust each other. And that's what I wish we continue to do. Uh, yeah, I would say, again, this is like also part of the fact that we were founded during the pandemic. So obviously everyone had to work remote. And this is how we started the company. So onboarding was remote. Um, interviews were remote. There were people that said, the first time we met were like, oh, wow, you're you're actually high. Oh, 
um, there are people that when we met the first time we were like oh you're actually tall um, or that's this is how this is how you actually look like uh, because we had like never met them before um, it's really cool um, because I think the team is like configured um, to have high impact um, of course again we miss the fact that we don't have this like garage startup thing like I literally missed you we have by the way you can see an Instagram of like the seconds uh, Moti and I meet each other for the first time after a year and a half what the camera doesn't show I, I really did have tears I missed you it was like again we fight like crazy <laughs> um, but I like it's 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 shit it's shit actually that we are uh, all the time remote it would be nicer if we were not all remote. I think yeah it's it's very close relationship but really uh, in a distance and So we're talking many times a day. We're involved in the same meetings. Uh, we have our one-on-ones here and there. And yes, so uh, when we founded the, the company or uh, in Israel, we started to have the first employees. I think it was uh, during lockdowns. Um, and as soon as uh, we have already a few people joining us uh, and we have a little big break of lockdown, we, we started to have this garage thing at my house. Uh, so um, we were maybe uh, three or four we were maybe three or four and we had uh, our uh, uh, first DNA of barbecue every week hummus and barbecue hummus and barbecue yes. and I think that uh, um, uh, after uh, a couple of months we got uh, said okay not more barbecue uh, not a uh, barbecue anymore and we decided that every time someone else will cook and bring something that he like um, So now it's a little bit different because we are in the office, uh, but we need to maintain some kind of uh, you know uh, being together and preparing something together and that's uh, yeah, I think this is uh, blah 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 yeah, I think a few things that were important to like there are a few not documents, but there are a few like um, principles you and I talked about. On the first days of founding the company and one of this was like how do we how do we work like how what what's the like I, I hate to use the term values because usually it's like you hear bullshit values by Enron and it's like makes no sense but um, maybe I need to be a little bit less pessimistic but uh, yeah I think we agree with like the I think we agree with like how to run a company for me one of the most important things was that we are not titles and our people are not titles we are people so anyone within the company has a specific role some of us have responsibility yeah and uh, that's what we expect because one thing that unites all of us even though you know even the younger employees we are all adults we are all people we all have uh, opinions we all have skills we all have ambitions and And if we work together towards those, um, we can achieve the impossible. Yeah, and with that, uh, Moti, you have like two more days in Berlin before you go back to Israel. Um, I will miss you. I'll come to visit mm. whenever I can <laughs> come with less PCR tests and masks and quarantine and God knows what uh, more. But it's been, uh, it's been fun having you here. It's been uh, awesome meeting one another, being able to talk, work, eat. And, and yeah, any closing notes you want to add? Let's continue where we started and, you know, making an impact. That's what we need to talk about. Yeah.